When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use that promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Wednesday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi here in our West Loop CHGO Sports Studios. Thanks for being with us today. Hello. Make sure you smash that like button on YouTube and hit that subscribe button while you're there. If you're listening on the podcast, uh, make sure you're subscribed or following us there as well. And hey, those five-star reviews are always fun. Uh, bit of a heads up, we've been telling you about it for a couple days now. Our February 10th takeover is happening. Blackhawks, Coyotes, that is Friday, February 10th. More details to come, and the opportunity to buy tickets will come later this week. So stay with us. We'll tell you how, but the details are finally being finalized, and I think you're going to be very excited about what we're about to share later this week. So save that date, February 10th. And what better time to become a CHGO diehard than now? Because you will save on said takeover when tickets become available later this week. You save on all CHGO events, all CHGO merch, all CHGO everything, including a free shirt or hat upon sign-up and renewal every year. It's a great deal. It pays for itself. Level up your fandom. Become a CHGO diehard today. Mm-hmm right ahead of our tickets going on sale for our CHGO Blackhawks takeover, which I am really looking forward to. Yeah, fellas. it's going to be a good time. I know some regulars in the chat were wondering about the, the date to try and schedule up times to be in Chicago. So looking forward to uh, hanging out with all our CHGO Blackhawks fans and watching a good old Bedard Bowl game. Yeah, It's going to be fun. And, and don't buy tickets to that game. Tickets to the game are included in, in the yes, takeover. The tickets to the game so will be mar- included. Mark your sure. calendars. That's the day, but... Part of the takeover is tickets to the game. Mm-hmm. So don't go buying tickets for February 10th. Wait. They'll be on sale later this week. Yeah, uh, lots I of great info to come. <laughs> yeah, so basically we were at practice today, Greg and I, and we heard from Luke Richardson on a number of things, including uh, Philip Kurashev, who's been playing some of his best hockey. We're going to get to that later in the show. But let's start it off, fellas. We haven't had a chance really to address uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves each individually speaking to the uh, Blackhawks Talk podcast from our buddy Charlie, Charlie Romeliotis and Pat Boyle. Um, each interviewed those guys and listened to them both. I'm sure you did too. I'm sure most Hawks fans did and came out of it feeling like I don't know anything new or anything <laughs> different than I knew last week. Not, not Charlie or Pat's fault, obviously. I truly feel like Kane and Taves aren't sure what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the same kind of takeaway that I that I had too is is that this really you know as, as much as we've speculated do they know what they want to do do they are they just not saying it or anything like that it really it really either their their acting is really good or <laughs> <laughs> what I would would tend to believe is that they are really just taking every day as as it comes and 
weighing what's best for their their careers, uh, their families, what's best for the organization, and and they know the impact that they're gonna have if they go to the trade market, and they know what they what the Blackhawks mean to them in their careers. So it's it's really a, a balancing act of of what they want to do. I got more of that from Jonathan Taze than I did Patrick Kane. I think Patrick Kane kind of still. Uh, again, not really divulging much new information, but I think he still kind of sounded the same on the, on the line that he has kind of kept since last summer. Uh, Taze, I, I feel like he was a bit more open in his yeah. indecisiveness, but um, that know, comment I, of you know maybe a change, maybe if a change of scenery or a fresh start is best for everybody. Yeah, is kind of how he ended things. It's just really yeah. hard to tell. In the same breath, saying like. Part of me wants to retire Blackhawks. Yeah. So he's really just, those guys are still just going through the balancing act. Yeah, it can't be easy for those guys. And, and you know, even today, we're, we're in, the, in the locker room after practice, and Patrick Kane's being asked, hey, did you hear what Jonathan said? And Jonathan's being asked, do you hear it? Like, it's got to be. Yeah. If we're exhausted about talking about it, because I, I don't know about you two, I'm not going to speak for you guys, I'm exhausted about talking about it. They have to be even beyond exhausted having to answer questions every day, but we knew this was going to happen. And, you know, it's got to be tough for them. There are so many factors that go into something like that. You know, they, they have earned the right to stay here if they want to. I don't think anybody can be upset if that's what they choose. They, they earn those, wow. those, those, if there's There'll anybody that, that, well, you can be, but you can't, you can be upset, but you don't be upset at them necessarily. Right. Right. You can be upset that, okay, but that's part of the factor too. You can't tell me that that hasn't crossed their mind. Being well, am I being more loyal to the organization by staying, or am I more loyal by being a trooper and helping the organization get assets moving forward? Which one is more makes you more loyal to the team? Playing out your contract and walking away for nothing, Not or help, or helping the team that you've had all this success for and made you rich beyond your belief, helping them rebuild for the next run. What's more loyal? That, I, I don't know. I will say from personal experience, I hate moving. Oh, so, yeah. I'm, 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 so oh if, God, if you're telling worst. me... I'm move, starting to do that now. It, yeah. I yeah. It. If worst. you're telling me move to Edmonton for three, two to three months and then come back or go somewhere else or, you know, get a couple to, for the organization to get a couple future assets or I can keep my ass here until I want to move... <laughs> That's a personal decision well, I, that I think that they can consider. To be fair, <laughs> to have Patrick Kane move to Edmonton for three months will be a little different than us packing up a truck true. and driving. He'll stay in a luxury hotel or the team will rent him a nice little townhouse. But he's got He'll, a son. What about little PK3? Well, I mean, you, you, you hang out for the run. I don't know. That, I mean, those are major factors. Jonathan Taves doesn't have. Yeah. The little one at home. It would be a lot easier for him to just say, okay. As a little dog. R- you know what he should do? The dog. Adopt Mackenzie Entwistle. <laughs> Boom. Two birds with Become one stone. Now Jonathan Taves has a family, and so does Mackenzie Entwistle. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Two birds, one stone. Everybody wins. Just everybody wins. By the way, uh, I looked this up at practice today. If, indeed, Kane and Taves are traded at the March 3rd deadline, there are only six more Blackhawks home games at most for Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. That is the maximum six because they're about to hit, you know, they've been home a lot this year. I think something like 68% of the remaining schedule is on the road. There are six home games between tomorrow and the trade deadline of March 3rd. So that's that looking that up was a little bit like, Oh my God, it's real. 
It is. Yeah. It this could really be over soon. And Luke Richardson was asked about it today. Like, is it going to be kind of surreal to potentially see the Blackhawks playing without Kane and Taves? And it will be. Mm-hmm. Is a it, for us and for the people joining us in, on the chat and that listen to this podcast. Not seeing nineteen and eighty eight out there is going to be weird if it happens. When you think about when the Cubs traded away all those guys yep. in one false swoop, that was one championship. And they were here for like six years. You're talking three championships for guys that have been here for 14 years? Yeah. 15. 14, yeah. Do you think they could get the statue built and ready by the trade deadline so they can no, just put that on the corner? And as the long ice? as it's better. As long as they don't hire the guy that did the MLK statue in Boston, that's fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Whatever the heck that thing that was. That was awful. That was rough. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, Yikes. That's for I mean, if they're the not already of, uh, built... They can just lop the head off of the Bobby Hole statue and put Patrick Kane on there if they wanted to. Change the number. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Sure. No, I I look, I think that those things are all coming for those guys. And and I think, you know, one of the things we we sort of got to a little bit, I wrote about it a couple weeks ago. If they decide to stay through this season, do you want them back beyond? Or is it just time to say, F it, let's move on. Let's start the next chapter. That's kind of where I'm at. I yeah. I am like, let's just do it. It's time. Yeah. But I could see from a business standpoint why they would want one or both of those guys to come back for another year or two. You're still going to have a have to have a reason to sell tickets. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to bring them back, then we're just going to go through this charade again. I we're think just if you go through, are they going to get traded? Like if they bring them back on a one year deal, yeah, then we're going to spend the whole year doing this thing all over again. That becomes the problem. I think if they, I think if they come back willingly, I think it's to retire as Blackhawks. I don't think they're coming back to say, oh, we'll see what next year is like. Next year is going to be like this year. Yeah. Maybe not as bad, but it's going to be very it's similar. Hard, so yeah. if they're saying, don't trade me. I want to. I want to come back. I believe in the organization and the Luke Richardson and the direction and everything. And I want to help. It's to retire as Blackhawks. It's to be three, four year contract extensions, whatever it is. And I would, I would be fine with that if they're coming in with the understanding of, hey, the next era is coming behind us, and we have. If they have to accept a role as, look probably going to not be the go-to guys anymore like Jonathan Taze are you okay being our PK center and our third line guy or 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 second line and lower Patrick Kane are you okay if your minutes get get chopped a little bit because we we have new guys coming in we have younger players coming in that we're want to giving an opportunity if they're okay with that if they're okay with all of that I'm I'm fine with that as long as they they make the money work which I don't think is going to be a problem yeah my concern with that is though that's all well and good, and those things can be acknowledged and say, oh, yeah, for sure, we'd love to do that. Those are two very uh, egotistical is the wrong word, prideful maybe, uh, leaders that that take pride in being the star players. And they might be, say they're willing to do that. I don't know if they're actually willing to do that. And we've also seen even the team bringing in veteran players like Max Domi and Athanasiu and on and on and on. You're seeing veterans defer to those guys. If you've got a, a team full of young players like Reichel and Slavin and Mitchell and Phillips and whoever go up and down the line, of course they're going to be looking at those two guys. Of course they're going to be trying to get them the puck. I think it's almost difficult for this next era of Hawks hockey to begin 
with those guys here. And yes, are they better in the short term with them on a roster? Absolutely. Patrick Kane is still at the top of his game. Maybe not the top, but close to the top of his game. We've seen him when he can be healthy, when he's healthy and when he's got some help, he's still a very effective player. Jonathan Taves, less so, but I don't think he's out there hurting you in any way, shape or form. No, I just sort of think, and I think if you were to get Kyle Davidson over a beer, I don't know if he's old enough to drink a beer, maybe a milkshake <laughs> uh, and, and ask him about it. He'd probably honestly say, you know what? It would just probably be easier for yeah. everybody if we just moved on. And I think, one of the luxuries that Davidson has is that the fan base has sort of already dealt with the fact that it's going to happen. Everyone that we talk to is sort of saying, yeah, like, let's just do it. Like, let's, it's time. It's time to make yeah. the moves. Overall. And the challenge for him will be if they both stay through the deadline and then this summer say we want to come back, does he have the nerve to say thanks but no thanks? That's going to be tough. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be. I get what you're saying. I kind of agree with that. But like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna rebuild, if you're tearing it down, you got to go the whole way. We don't want a Pittsburgh Penguin it and and keep bringing these guys that won cups with us and let them play to their 50 years old. <laughs> it doesn't it, and look, we got to we got we got a small taste of it. Look how well the team played when Patrick Kane missed those three games. Yeah. There was, was, like, was and you, your point about the young players want, needing the feeling, the, the, the need to pass to Patrick Kane, that's valid. That's a real thing. Max Domi always, always. looks, and he's not a rookie. Yeah, he's a veteran. But then all of a sudden you get him on a line with Lucas Reichel and no Patrick Kane, and they were dynamic. Yes. Not that they're not dynamic with Patrick Kane, but not having that superstar, that guy that has won the three Stanley Cups there, not – wondering hey i gotta get on his good side i don't want to piss off patrick kane i don't want to piss off jonathan taves as a 21 year old rookie it might do more harm than good well, and, and especially luke, when winning isn't the ultimate goal and we'll hear it later but when luke was talking about kurashev he talks about how demanding kane and taves are as teammates they're yelling at players not like scolding them but saying hey Get the puck, skate harder. Like right. they are, they're not just passengers on this team, which is good. You want them involved, you want them invested, but for young players, that's tough, and it's going to, it's going to, you know, sort of indirectly and subconsciously lead to them looking for those guys time after time after time. And I think if I'm Lucas Reichel and I'm potentially Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli, I want to come in with a clean slate, just like Taze and Kane were able to do when they got here. They were here, and it was their team to take over. Yeah. There was no one here that they had to look over their shoulder and say, well, we gotta, you know, we've got to kiss the ring or whatever, or the three rings, mm -hmm. I guess, for those two guys. Yeah. I, I, I just think that there is some value in just moving on. And as hard as it will be as a fan to watch New York Ranger Patrick Kane and Colorado Avalanche Jonathan Taves or whatever it might be, for the you, you can't do this thing with your heart You've got to do it with your head. And that's something that I think Kyle Davidson deserves some credit for because there have been a lot of temptations for him this year. Hey, a better start than we thought. Hey, look how good Lucas Reichel looks. Nope. I am sticking to the plan. The plan is to tank. Yeah. As yeah. tempting as it is to, to try something else or to get that cookie, he is sticking to it uh, for better or worse. And... And I, I don't know. I think everybody kind of realizes, and, and Taves sort of said it, like the writing's on the wall. Mm -hmm. It's time for the new era to begin. That's where I'm at. If they bring him back, will I be mad? No. 
not at all. I get more years of two of my favorite hockey players of all time. But I just think it's it's difficult to imagine this team beginning its new era cleanly with those two guys still here. Yeah. yeah. Identify your guys to be the next. We don't need a torch passing ceremony. We just right. uh, get, you, get your guys here and say, yeah, those that decade was amazing. Thank you for everything. But now it's time to be, hey. It's time for Lucas Reichel to be the guy, or hopefully Connor Bedard, and here's Frank Nazar, and here's Kevin Korchinski, the new Hawks, mm-hmm. for the new, you know, and yeah, will it suck to see Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves in the playoffs this year wearing a uniform? Absolutely, but fans will get over that real quick, real, real quick. Yeah, Time heals all wounds. Like, come on, like. Does anybody even remember what Duncan Keith looked like in an Edmonton Oilers uniform? And we're only yeah, a it, was, year. it was weird. It was weird, but you've kind of people are going to forget that Duncan Keith spent a year with the Oilers in right, a couple yeah. of years. Like people are going to, oh yeah, that's right. Like trivia, I forgot. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, nobody remember. You know, the the the, uh, the Athletic just ran a a piece about you know legendary players that changed teams yeah. and I was like oh my god I forgot how many I forgot Mike Madonna was a Red Wing yeah. how many yeah. guys it, were Blackhawks in the 90s and 2000s right, yeah. Peter Bondra who remembers yep. outside of Chicago who's going to remember Peter Bondra played for the Blackhawks scored his 500th goal here right that was great <laughs> cheap cheap uh, pub you know and but you know guys like that there's a long laundry list of guys Doug Gilmore I think his 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 stay here was a little more productive than the Peter Bondra one. Wendell Clark, Wendell Clark, all eleven I, games. Yeah. Paul Coffey, Paul Coffey. I can't believe Paul here. Coffey's <laughs> nine games before he said, "Nope, I'm out of here." Yeah. yeah, trade me right now. Like it will it will suck to see it, but it'll also be kind of fun to see what they could do for other teams as long as it's not the Rangers because I hate those guys. <laughs> but um, it might be. Think with your head, Greg, not your heart. But yeah, well, yeah. but you know, and, and I know uh, Mike has asked the question twice about. Uh, possibly train for some young guys we'll get to that uh here in a minute but none of those guys yeah i don't want any of those particular guys but um yeah i think if you if you're preaching rebuild if you're preaching we're moving on then just do it it sucks but what's gonna what's gonna suck more trading those guys and say and 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 moving on or trying to hold on to those guys for three more years and watch it get worse. I also think that... Let it go. It was a great era, but it's the past. It's I, time to move on. And a lot of people are mentioning how good it would be to watch Kane and Medard, and I agree with that, and that is that is something to certainly consider. Mm-hmm. But I think, in general, all of us overvalue the mentor role. It's something that fans and, and media like to romanticize. These dudes are showing up and doing a job, right? Like, it is what it is, and yeah... Jonathan Taze might whisper into the ear of of a young player and say, "Hey, you know, maybe someday, you know, do this instead of that." Or I've I've found success this taking a face off this way. Sure, those things are insightful and are helpful. But Taze and Kane being here for Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli isn't going to make or break their development. There might be a little hint here or there, but that can be given by Luke Richardson or Derek King or whoever it might be. I think we overvalue that, and and I just. I want. I, I. I think people are mentioning. You mentioned Pittsburgh. Uh, somebody in the chat mentioned Dotsuk and Zetterberg hanging on too long in Detroit, and look how far that set them back. Yeah. Sure. Maybe they help some young players with a with a suggestion here or there, but Detroit has been mired in mediocre mediocrity for a decade now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was the year they were supposed to climb out of it, and they brought in all these veterans, and Steve Eiserman won the offseason. 
They're bad. Yeah. yeah. Detroit's bad now. Well, and the mentor thing, there's value to it, but like the the superstar players are rarely the mentors. That's why they rarely ever coach. Yeah. Thank you. The guys who are the mentors are like a Jake McCabe. Yes. A Connor Murphy. Or a Luke Richardson. Yeah. Or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, a guy that has to scrap and just to survive in the league, that, that has to change the way he plays year in and year out to keep his job. Those are the guys that are the mentors. Those are the guys that become the coaches. Remember when Wayne Gretzky tried to be a coach in the NHL? Just yeah. score, score, go score just go do what I goals. Did. What's wrong with you? How come you're not getting seven <laughs> points a night? That's right. all I did. I put my skates on. I was Wayne freaking Gretzky. Yeah. Those guys, the superstar players rarely ever become good coaches because those guys never had to be coached. They just were born with God-giving talent, yeah. and they were better than everybody else. Yeah. So, like, Kane Tay's mentorship, eh. I'd rather have a Jake McCabe also, be a mentor. Let's 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 be real here. Like Patrick Kane only until recently wore a letter on his sweater. He had maturity issues most of his career. Yes, over the recent years having a kid, becoming more of an adult, he has grown out of those things. Jonathan Taves has been a bit pissy over the last few years. Unpleasant, unhappy clearly frustrated on the bench. It's not like he's out there like patting guys on the back. Like, let's go, fellas. Come on. We can do it. That's not the kind of guy Jonathan Taves is. Part of it is that he is a fiery competitor and the team has not been good. And it's understandable. But Jonathan Taves' leadership comes in. Look how hard I play. Look how I win board battles. Look how I finish my checks. Look how I defend. Look how I play a 200-foot game. All those things. But in terms of moral and emotional support for players, he's not the guy. That's not the guy. And I'm not saying he's bad at it, but it's just never been his style of leadership. It hasn't been. And, and you know, Seabrook was always the vocal leader on the dynasty teams. And, and like you say, like, those, those kind of depth guys are usually kind of the more rah-rah types, those lead by, by voices. And Taze has never been that. And he's not going to start now. Right. You yeah. know, I, I don't know. I, I, and again, it's not a knock at Taze, but I just – I don't want to romanticize those two guys too much because gets you in trouble. Romanticize them for what they've done, but what they're going to add to this team in the future, I don't know. I re- I really, you know, it'd be cool to see Patrick Kane break Stan Makita's records. Fine, is that doable at this point? You know, if this team is if it, if they get Bedard, yeah, yeah, right. But Changes. it's just I don't know. It, it's I if I had to decide today. I'm moving on one way or another. I agree. Yeah. Well, that's where I'm at, too. Well, you know, these, these meetings that uh, that these two are supposed to have with Kyle Davidson and, and their joint agent, Pat Persson, um, as far as we're to understand, are yet to happen. So all of, all of these questions that I think that need to be out on the table in those meetings and, you know, as much in the summer as it was, we'll take it day by day we'll give this season a chance all all that i think that is now once going into these meetings and coming out of it that has to be gone it has to be this is yeah i think it has to be kyle davidson saying this is our plan this is what our direction is this is how we do or do not see you fitting into it what do you want to do yeah uh i think that's where it, it just it has to there has to be a clear split one way or the other yeah. either they're going or they're gonna stay on in some capacity and whatever whatever direction they go it's up to them but i think whenever these meetings happen 
you have to come out with a definitive, this is the direction yeah, we're going. No more, let's wait and see what happens. Yeah. We got to do it. And, uh, there's a bye week coming up here in a couple weeks, which happens yeah. to be a month before the trade deadline. Sounds like a good time to get yeah. the three of them in an office, mm-hmm. get Jonathan, Patrick, and, and Pat in an office, and say, what are we doing here? Yeah. It's time. Let's see what happens is today. There's no more. Let's see what happens. Let's get let's get a decision one way or the other. And let's yeah. if you guys are ready to move on, tell me where you want to go. And now I have a month to try and make that happen for you. And if I can't make that happen for you, well then, you know, we'll uh, we'll have a nice ceremony for you on that last home game. And it's time to, to yeah. for us to do our thing. And I would I would think that Kyle Davidson in that meeting would say something along the lines of, "Look, if we don't move you here." We're just going to play out the season, and that's going to be it. Mm-hmm. So don't expect a new contract, unless he wants to. I don't know. Like it, that's the thing. I just from everything I've seen from Kyle Davidson tells me he's ready to move on. Bringing Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves back beyond this season is a John McDonough move. Yeah, it is a PR. We need somebody to sell tickets. Move. It's a Bill Wirtz move. You know, it's the old regime. Like we're gonna, we know we're gonna be bad, and we want to sell tickets. It's not necessarily a terrible strategy at this point, but if you're truly wanting to move on, move on. Yeah. Uh, there's a comment up a little bit there, Lawrence, uh, if you could scroll up a little bit in the chat. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. There you go. The PR problem you have, this is from Nate. He says, and you guys won't like this, if you dump Kane and don't get Bedard, it will be tough going from the majority of fans. Like it or hate it, Bedard or bust is what was sold. I, the Hawks have not you know, sold that. The Hawks never said that. They, they've never, I don't think you've even heard That's them the say fa- the word the, counter it's Bedard. It's the fans saying that. However, by trying to ensure your best odds at counter Bedard, yes, you have set that hope that that happens. But the Hawks only have so much much control on the lottery balls. Right. They They haven't said it, but that's the plan. Yeah. But if the Hawks a- finish with the worst record and don't get counter Bedard, you, there's no logical reason to be mad at the Hawks for it. Right, and it's not, it's not necessarily bust. This isn't no. This isn't Connor. This isn't a draft class that's like it's Connor Bedard. And then number two is who are we talking about in the in the twenty twelve NHL draft? Nail Yakupov. Oh yeah, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not you know, it's not. Uh, what was it? The year the Hawks got. It's not Ovechkin, Malkin, Cam Barker. <laughs> right. Yeah. Drop off. Like the drop off is not there. So if if the Blackhawks have the worst record and come away with the second pick or the third pick, like yeah, it sucks because you miss out on Connor Bedard. But then you're still getting an Adam Fantilli. You're still getting uh, maybe a Leo Carlson. Like there are players still available and in at this least draft that one are more player later in the first round. Top guys, yes, to and, and and added. And if, to the guys you drafted last year. And if you are moving Patrick Kane, you're doing it because you're at the very least getting a first round pick from from that team. So that would be a third round a third first round pick in this in this draft class. Well, the fans, a lot of the fans have put all their eggs in the Connor Bedard basket. I'm yeah, for it. I, I have. But I'm, I'm you, yeah. I, I guarantee course. you Kyle Davidson has not only has been not, no. blinded, you know, put the blinders on and only focus on Connor Bedard. That's the yeah. goal. That's the ultimate prize. But I guarantee you he's got a thousand different scenarios planned out. Yeah. For if we're pick if we go Absolutely. two, we have to we're going for this guy. It's Adam Fantilli. Mm-hmm. If you pick three, he's probably got you know the 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 always sunny in Philadelphia meme with all the <laughs> string charts Pepe going. Sil- Pepe Sylvia, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that's the, he's probably got that for number three. I Aaron don't, and HR. I don't <sighs> think 
Kyle Davidson is just sitting there, already got Connor Bedard in his lineup for next week. I don't think he's no. that short-sighted. No, but uh, and he's fairness, surrounded by enough smart people to tell him, "Hey, we should also have Plan B, C, D, E, F all the way through Z." Yes, but look on draft lottery night, and we'll be here. Anything less than one is going to feel like a disappointment. It's going to be a disappointment, sure. Yeah, there's going to be. It's not going to be a bust. It's going to be a disappointment. No. Yeah, but you've got three guys in this draft with uh, Bedard, Fantilli, and 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 Chris Peters told us earlier, like Mitchkoff might have been a number one overall pick in most drafts, too. Sure, yeah. So you've got three really strong... I, I'd be shocked that they fall out of the top three. Yeah, I don't see that happening. But one or two no. is is ideal. One is ideal. One or two is great. Three, you're kind of like... Uh. Three, at a, three the, the draft opens up a bit. Yeah. But I think, yes, as far as we're talking, the consensus top four guys in this draft class, all of them have the ability to be the guy you bring in to your prospect system that is immediately the best guy you have and is is looked at as someone who can change the tra- trajectory of your franchise. I think Carlson can do that. Mitchkov can do that. Granted, he's not going to be able to do it as fast, likely, as Bedard, Fantilli, or Carlson could because of his situation Black with the Hawks KHL. Time. They sure do. Yeah. So, again, I, it, out of those four, he's my fourth pick. But they all have that ability um, as far as, you know, draft analysts and scouts have, have been saying. So if you don't get Bedard, you don't get kind of, you don't get the top guy, but you're still going to get a, you're still going to get one of four guys who in other draft years could go number one. If you don't get Bedard and you draft two or three, no matter who you draft there is automatically the top prospect in your organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll, they, From the second you make that announcement, he is your best prospect. They immediately okay. surpass Korchinski yep. and Reichel and Nazar and all the guys that, that we've been talking about and excited about, they immediately are the head of the class. Yep. Uh, Nate finishing up his point says, fans don't need to be logical to be angry and often aren't. But no, the Hawks, that, I don't agree with that at all. Yes. Breaking <laughs> news. But the Hawks yeah. can't manage based on how they think the fans are going to feel in the moment. They have to do what's best for the organization. Well, Kyle Davidson has proved that he's, yes. he's yeah, done that already. Look, he traded Alex Debrinkit for a lower return than anybody thought. He traded Kirby Doc. He traded Brandon Hagel. Yeah. He's not afraid of it. And look, if in four or five years... He sent down Lucas Reichel after yeah. a three-point game. If in four or five years the Hawks are in the playoffs again and looking like a team on the rise, then the fans will be back. Oh, They'll sure. come back. They will understand. Like, Of course fan, fandom is emotional. Of course it is. But y- y- you can't say, well, I feel like this is the right move for the organization, but... You know, Frank in the 300 level might be upset. No, screw that. You've got it. And, and again, that's like the McDonough thing is you've got to have the the sparkle and the pizzazz to, to reel in the fans. Give your fans more credit than that. Mm-hmm. They're smarter than that, most of them. And I, and I would say that even in this season, I think we collectively have said, like, the turnouts, yeah. you know, they have been much better, than, much expected. better than expected. So the fans, even going into this season where – you know, it was very, cl- it was very clear it was going to be bad. Fans are still showing up. Fans are still supporting this team, and and uh, you know, credit to them for for, I think for the majority, seeing what is the future, what is the plan, and what is the goal. So yeah, I, I think as as far as making unpopular moves, it's going to be a short term uh, setback, maybe, for long term gains. Yeah, there's an old saying that I. Uh, from the great legendary pro wrestling announcer Jim Ross, 
says it all the time about by God <laughs> about certain guys that like are all they're all sizzle no steak, mm. and, the, and those are the types of movies you're talking about. McDonald McDonough, the get the sizzle but no steak. Roll, he's making Kyle Davis is is getting that steak, that foundation right now, and we can add the sizzle later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, just like saying the word sizzle. Sizzle's it's, good. It's I a like fun sizzle. Word. We were at Chipotle sizzle. and everything was sizzling back there. It was lovely. Sizz- um, sizzling <laughs> in my stomach right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I got the uh, green tomatillo and not the hot, because then I'd be like the entire show uh before we move on to the second half of the show there was a comment up there in the chat you just had it lawrence then you scroll away from it there it is uh mike says you guys want chicago to be buffalo in three years do you think picking up players like pulley uh i'm assuming that's lafreniere uh turcotte alex turcotte is a low risk high reward move for the hawks yes maybe not those guys is that what buffalo did in particular well no. tage thompson was uh ryan o'reilly was a, was a cast off was uh, a, a right yeah, but that was Ryan O'Reilly. That was Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, that was the top prospect. Uh, Yokohara U was kind of like that a little bit, where the Hawks had given up on him I mean, and they, they gave Ale- up on Nylander. Right, they got Alex. Well, Tuck they needed to get rid of Alex Nylander, and the Blackhawks wanted to get rid of Henry Yokoharu. So yeah, one for one. Well, I think just the the point of trying to take on some guys that came in with high pedigrees, high draft, you know, uh, spots that haven't really panned out. I think that. Why not? I think taking in some guys and giving them, getting a flyer on guys who have shown to have talent and were highly thought of by all the experts coming into the draft. Like, yeah, sometimes a, ch- a change of scenery is a good thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, um, Pulley RV, I have no interest guys. in. If you can't make it work playing with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, it ain't going to work playing with Sam Lafferty yeah. and Jason Dickinson. Um, Lafaniere, everybody thinks the Rangers are just going to give him away for nothing. I don't see that. A, I'm not sold that he's anything more than, you know, third liner at this point. And the Rangers have said, now take it with a grain of salt, they're not interested in trading him. And if they are, they're not just going to give him away for nothing. That's not a pennies on the dollar I, type I think of guy. what they're asking, though, is would this be part of a Taves or Kane trade? Not only picks, but bringing back uh, well, a young player. At some point, you have to start outside. doing that. At some I don't point think the Rangers are going that. to say, we'll take on Patrick Kane as a rental for our first this year and Alexis Raffinier. I don't think the Rangers are that dumb. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, Turcotte, I mean, if that's the guy the Kings are ready to just basically be done with, sure, bring him in here. I'm not ready to give up any kind of major asset to get him. Uh, I, I mean, know. he's been a major disappointment. Um so other other than Pugliarvi out of those guys, I don't think the, the Kings or Rangers are necessarily giving those guys up. Edmonton clearly is giving him giving Pugliarvi yeah, up because he's because he's not good. It's just <laughs> he's yeah, proven it. I don't know multiple times. Uh, like the, the Buffalo situation is different because you have Tage Thompson, but that was a top that was the Blues' top prospect. They had right. to give him up to get Ryan O'Reilly. Right, where it's worked out for both sides. You know, Alex Tuck came in the, in the Jack Eichel trade along with Peyton Krebs and, and a bunch of draft picks. Those aren't guys that were like, well, you couldn't. And Alex Tuck had a really good season with Vegas before they traded him away. Right. So it wasn't like he was, hey, this guy's a bust. Yeah, Those yeah. were legit assets the that other teams to had to give up to get their, their final piece to their puzzles. Mm-hmm. So um, – it's a little slightly different. Buffalo didn't just sign Tage Thompson off the scrap heap because St. Louis gave up on him. St. Louis had to give him up 
to get something they wanted. But yes, at some point, Kyle Davidson has to think beyond just first-round draft picks for some of these guys. Yeah. He has to start bringing in guys that can play at the NHL level as soon as now or next year because you got to fill out a roster at some point. Yeah, and that I think that, that's what I think that's kind of what the question was is Yeah, I'm all for aside from prospects. aside from just you know compiling yeah. draft picks which bringing you know, in bringing in young tickets. young prospects that is that should be part of the rebuild plan as far as moving, you know, trading players and, and getting future assets. It's not just all picks. But I think if if you're talking Edmonton, I'm I'm not looking at Puliyar Yarvi. I'm thinking of Dylan Holloway, I'm thinking of Xavier Borgo. If you're looking at New York, I'm not thinking of Lafreniere. I'm thinking of Brennan Offman. Like, yeah. there's there's other players. Like like you said, Tage Thompson was the top prospect in the Blue System. I'm not looking at the tossaways. I'm looking at who's who has value. Yeah, I don't, I'm not looking at a guy that has you know, hey, maybe a change of scenery will get things turned around. I want a guy that just hasn't hit the NHL scene yet. Right. It's going to be a star, or at least a productive player. Um, so yeah, I think. We Davidson focused a lot on draft picks because last year he had none in the first round. Mm-hmm. So now he's got four more first round draft picks over the next two years. So he'll eventually start. I think you might start seeing some of those prospects added to the mix when uh, it's time to start taking on some bad contracts to get to the cap floor. Like, yeah, we'll take on your, your crappy contract for two more years, but you have to give us this guy that can play for us this year, i.e. having to throw in Tavo Teravainen from Brian Bickle. Yeah, that's right. where you might start getting those type of mm-hmm. players. Well, that's that would be great. <laughs> yes. that, yeah, hey, it's that, nice to be yeah. on the other side of those types of deals. Isn't sure, it? Mm-hmm. yeah, and, mm-hmm. and maybe you don't bring someone back quite as strong as Tavo. And you know, this offseason too, you could be looking at more like Peter Mrazek sort of situations too, where, well, we know this guy is kind of washed, makes a lot of money, a contender needs to clear com- some cap space, give us that first round pick or give us that prospect with him. And we can talk, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, th- that's sort of thing that I think that he's already shown that he's willing and able to do Kyle Davidson. So yeah. uh, I want to now a super chat from Thomas who says uh, Chris Vosters is coming into his own. It's nice to see. We saw Chris today. Good guy. Yeah. Thank you for the super chat, Thomas. And we want to remind everybody that the Combat Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future, Comet offers a wide array of incentives on lightning and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. Customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights, learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device, and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor, outdoor lighting, and networked lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective than before. Visit comed.com slash poweringbiznow to start saving money and energy. And to start a project, contact them at 855-433-2700. For more info, email businessee at comed.com or publicsectoree at comed.com. And if you're saving money on your energy bill... You can turn around and use that money to get some very uh, competitively priced tickets to sporting events, Blackhawks games, any kind of event you can think of through the GameTime app. Uh, GameTime is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, any kind of show, anything that you'd want. GameTime can give it to you. 
Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, like the 50-yard line or courtside or right up on the glass? Uh, it's possible with the GameTime app. They have the biggest last-minute price drops that can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. You're not going to find a better better deal this season uh, on Blackhawks tickets, that's for sure. Looking at the GameTime app right now, as we said, only six more home games between yep. now and the March 3rd trade deadline. So uh, we're just saying there's few opportunities guaranteed that uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze uh, will uh, continue to play in a, uh, in a Blackhawks uniform. So to see him at the United Center, uh, they just wrapped up a seven-game homestand. Their next home game uh, coming on January 22nd, that Sunday. Uh, looking here against the Kings, $38 gets you in the door, gets your butt in a seat. Uh, the next time they are at home after uh, Sunday the 22nd is Friday the 10th. The uh, February 10th, <laughs> the, 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 the takeover. So uh, definitely uh, get your tickets there through us uh, for the takeover. It's going to be a fun time. But any other time, go through the Game Time app. Uh, they can guarantee you the lowest price. And if you think you can find a better deal at another site, uh, you can't. But if you think you can, uh, uh, Game Time will price match that because that is how much they are dedicated to getting you the best deal for your tickets. If you love CHGO, you're going to love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. And when you do that, you're going to be joining over 15 million people who have downloaded the GameTime app and scored the best seats to all of their favorite events. By the way, March 2nd, Thursday, March 2nd, could be the last home game for Kane and Taves. Dallas at Chicago, 16 bucks on GameTime right now. And as people wow. start to figure that out, those tickets will probably go up, so it might be worth yeah. jumping on right now. And make sure when you do, you use that link in our podcast and description. Dallas mm-hmm. is a uh, lead in the Western Conference in points right now, just like we all predicted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tied with the Jets. Hey, remember when the Blackhawks traded their uh, first-round pick with Dallas in 2017 and Dallas took Jake Ottinger? That was cool. Yeah. Nice. Good job. <sighs> Anyways. Way to go. That's, my, that's a fun game I like to play is who yeah. could they have had? Yeah. Yeah, well, chances are the guy that was in charge at the time would have drafted some undersized U.S. development forward anyway. No. Oh. Well, he got Yoki Haru, what, two picks later? Three picks later? I don't know. Well, anyways. We won't talk about that guy anymore. <laughs> we'll have to keep paying the feed in the jar. Um, Nate says, uh, saw an NHL insider say that 27 NHL teams were against or over the cap with LTIR fudging. Hawks could really weaponize that, too, at the deadline. It's not just about bodies. That's true. They could do that. Yes. Um, but remember... Someone mentioned it in the chat last night saying no one's going to be able to trade. Everybody's against the cap. They find a way. They always do. They're always a way. <laughs> they always find a yeah, way to bring Blackhawks in that. could be that third team in some yep. of those deals mm-hmm. that say, give me, a, yep. give me a prospect and I'll take on you know $200,000 or this guy's salary right. so you get under the cap. The Hawks right. were always against the cap at the deadline and almost every year found a way to make an impactful move, be it uh, Antoine Vermette, be it uh, – uh, Michael Hanzus, Oduya, I believe was a deadline acquisition. I think so. We're close to it. In yes, 13? 13. Yeah. 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 So, mm-hmm. like, it can be done. These teams find a way. Like, oh, we got a pretty good lead in the division. And, oh, is that guy's knee sore? We better put him on injured reserve right, until the playoffs. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it happened legitimately with Patrick Kane and the right. collarbone. That's how they right. got That's how they for, got uh, Yeah, for, for Remet. So, they, look at the these Bay teams Lightning. find a way. Yeah, Tampa Bay Lightning kept off on the sideline for an entire season. Yeah. <laughs> then, hey, look, I'm great for the playoffs. Let's go oh, to my Stanley arm, Cup. It's broken. Uh, yeah. So um, there's anyway, a way, there's a way. Yeah. Last night, by the way, uh, really strong game 
for Philip Kurashev, and it kind of got buried in the fact that Seth Jones uh, scored the game tying and game winning goal, mm-hmm. had three points in the game, was the number one star, all that stuff. But uh, Philip Kurashev came up uh, after practice today with Luke Richardson, and I, I believe it was John Dietz who asked, you know, could could Philip Kurashev develop into like a potential twenty goal scorer? And here's what Luke had to say. I think he, he did all the right things yesterday in the game, and you know, um, even in the first period, I believe it, they had a, a two-on-one kind of, and he just missed the net. I, I don't know if it just kind of cupped his blade. He, he just shot it wide, um, but it was a real nice play with him and Taser. So, uh, you know, the, and he just kept going. I liked his perseverance, and he made a great play, uh, uh, you know, on Murph's goal to start with, but. Uh, uh, you know, he almost got one from Murph back in uh, when Murph came out of the penalty box. Uh, so, uh, you know, I just thought he was all over, all around it. So I think that determination is kind of showing that, you know, he's not just satisfied to be an okay player, an okay young player. He wants to be a really good young player and uh, and grow his game. So that's that's encouraging. I thought he started off the season so well, and he we moved around different lines and played great. Every wasn't ironic. It was just every line he went to, they put they were the line that week. And he he was kind of driving that and it's not that he fell off i think it's just um you know moving him around maybe get out of rhythm and a little bit of not puck luck i guess and maybe just as a young player has to figure out how to get a little bit more determined and, and push a little harder and uh, i think playing with taser helps you know i mean he's uh, very driven and uh, he doesn't accept really anything anything less so that probably helps push him along and then uh, you know I was happy to see him have a real good success last night. Is there something that like on a, on a more playoff caliber team that his points would be even more of things like that? Uh, well I'm sure yeah that would yeah like anybody that goes to T- uh, Tampa Bay they look like they're a top line player and they go somewhere else and they don't so uh, you know I mean you go to teams that are loaded up with uh, that high-end talent but also it's not just high-end talent they have a high-end high-end compete level and there's only a few teams like that. I think Boston's kind of driven like that. Tampa's driven like that. And that's what we really want to create here. So it's good to see, you know what I mean? Like a guy like Taser and Kaner, um, you know, they're not satisfied, you know what I mean? Just winning three cups and just playing it out. They, they're they're competitive every night. They're not happy. They're barking on the bench and on the ice and, and they're here to, to win. And I think that helps rub off on guys. And, you know, Tyler's great. He's very vocal. He's won, and he's uh, been around those guys in Tampa. And Jack, same thing last year in Colorado. So that that helps to have those guys around, the young guys. And, um, you know, they can pass that along and um, as well as still do it themselves. So I think, you know, I mean, I think Hershey, you know, I mean, last night, that's a that's a really good step forward. And it's not like a big step forward. I think he's played pretty consistent over the year. But there's times where maybe he just doesn't have that little bit extra uh, – push to get over the uh over the line like he did last night and, and went in for him so it was great it was great luke you're right and philip kurashev is a guy who the more we've watched this year i feel like the more confident we've become in the fact that he will have a place on this team when they're ready to be good again and mm-hmm. when they're ready to compete again because I, I mentioned this last night too and if you watch thank you if you didn't go back and watch um for the first time in his career, it seems like the arrow is pointed up, 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 up every game as opposed to those peaks and valleys that we had, we had experienced early on in the year and especially last year when he was really kind of jerked around up and down the lineup, scratched, all those sort of things. Yeah. He's had a chance to settle in here, settle in on a line permanently, and has just really looked terrific. And 
Um, we put up a YouTube short today with Isaac Phillips talking about you know, playing consecutive games as a great thing for confidence. It's really working for Kurashev, and you're seeing him create. I, I, you know, goals are great, and the redirection was wonderful last night. But the pass he made to Connor Murphy from the left wing boards to have the awareness of I've got time, I've got space, and from the corner of his eye, he sees that Murphy's coming, you know, into the slot from the point. That young players sometimes will rush that pass or not have the confidence to make it. You're seeing Kurashev make confident play after confident play this year, and for a fourth-round pick, he's been really, really good. And I'm excited yeah. to see what the future holds for him. And, you know, will he ever be like a 60-point guy? I don't think so. But 45, 40 points for a fourth-round pick who can play up and down the lineup? Hell yes. Yeah. And, and find that guy from other organizations. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's it's really just a testament to what a coaching staff putting, you know, uh, a player into a position to succeed can do. Like, it, it you, you have to be able to know how to push the right buttons with, with the right players. And I think Luke Richardson has, has really done a good job of that this, this season, uh, especially in his first year as a head coach. And, and, yeah, to the point of bouncing a guy around, like, Kershev was all over the place and now he's been basically defined as you are going to play in our top six and I think having that he knows okay I I, I know who I'm going to be playing with mostly I know the role that uh, that's I know what's expected of me I know the role I'm going to play it just com- coming to the rink and being able to know what's expected of you night day after day game after game like that is that is huge and for a young player it makes all the more difference and so I think you just see the confidence coming out of, of Philip Kurashev's game, and he's really starting to turn the corner. And yeah, I've I fully believe that, you know, he's 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 an RFA this this off season. He should definitely be extended, um, you know, as, as long as they you know as as long as uh, they seem fit. But definitely um, make him part of this team. Make him one of the pieces that people should be excited about. Uh, moving forward, and yeah, when this team is competitive again, hopefully in the next three, four seasons, I think a fully developed Philip Kershev can be like a great middle six uh, scoring option. Maybe a guy who even can play be be a threat on the penalty kill. Like I think that that is if that's his ceiling and he hits it, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, confidence definitely has a lot to do with it. I talked to him earlier in the year and and asked him like, hey. Last year, you didn't have a role. You were up and down. You were back to Rockford. You were back to Chicago. This year, you've essentially been a top six guy, uh, at least for the last couple of months. Once he got in the top six, six, he really hasn't come out. And he says that makes a lot of difference. Once, he, once a pl- young player knows that his coaches trust him, it's off to the races. He even said it after last night's game. He was asked, you know, hey, it seemed like you were out there almost every other shift in the third period because of how well you were playing. Mm-hmm. Like, does that give you a boost? He says, yeah, once, you know, knowing that the coaches trust you to be the guy that helped get them back in the game, that just makes you even better. Mm-hmm. And he's finally getting that. And is three points a night going to be the norm from Phil, Phil Kershaw? <laughs> no, it's not. Um, I'm going to be interested to see what he does tomorrow night against the Flyers, who are a bigger, heavier team, a little more defensively structured than Buffalo is. Um, you know, so it would be nice to see if he can kind of – not saying repeat the three points, that'd be fabulous, but repeat the same type of 
being a difference maker on the ice against a team like the Flyers. Score as many points against the Flyers tomorrow night as possible. Oh, I'm all for that. Yeah. Yeah. We are abandoning tank uh, (laughs) aspirations (laughs) to beat the crap out of the Flyers tomorrow night. That would be that would be great. Um, someone said in the chat uh, was young Dangle God. If someone offered a late first for Kurashev at the deadline, would you take it, or you really want him on this team for the rebuild competitive it's a tough question? It's, yeah, end of the first. At, at some point, you have to start hanging on to guys. Yeah, you just can't trade every good young player. The Hagel thing was you got two first round picks and two players yeah. for the control. At some point, you got to start identifying your guys and hanging on them. Trading Philip Kershev for the 31st pick in the first round, maybe in three years you get a guy that's doing what Philip Kershev is doing right now. Right. Yeah. I, I I would say probably not. Now if yeah. now if like the Anaheim Ducks say, hey, <laughs> yeah. sure, you take that. <laughs> yeah, that's you not take their happen. first, yeah. Like I, at some point you have to identify your own homegrown talent and hang on to those guys. I yeah, agree. I think and I think Kyle Davidson wants – to do that it's just if the offer is, is too good this, to yeah i mean hey look if, if you're if you're talking about a first round pick that could be in the teens and early 20s maybe right maybe you consider I, it. I think you definitely do but you know it's 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 a joke but it's it's uh, applies to this you know a boat's a boat but the mystery box could be anything it could be a boat <laughs> so like you could trade philip kershev to get a guy that's going to be you know a, a future you know middle six goal scorer in the, uh, late in the first round, but you already have him. Right. Like, right. why not see what else he can do? Why trade for a guy that's going to be what you already have three years from now? Exactly. Just yeah. roll what you have. A few comments in, in the uh, chat about why is Kyle Davison waiting to trade? Because it takes two teams yeah. to create a trade. Sometimes three. Yes. Like, you go, you got to have a partner. Some teams might not be looking to deal just yet. I'm sure if somebody calls and says, hey – we want to give you this for Max Domi, he'll probably pull the trigger. But you got to have someone on the other end of that phone that wants to trade before you could do it. Mm-hmm. Also, if you wait, you can drive up oh, demand a, a little bit too yeah. because the teams that are going to be gunning for the Canes and the Taves and the top guys available at the deadline, not all 32 teams can trade for that guy, and they're going to be looking for the backup plan, and those guys get more value and you get a bidding war. Yes, there's a risk of injury, but I promise you some of the people – that are mad at him for not trading already will be mad if they trade now and they don't get enough back. Right. Yeah. So you can't win, right? Do you want him to wait and potentially drive up demand or should he act quickly and just get rid of the guys? Nobody wants to be the general manager that sets the market. That's true right. too. Right. Nobody wants to be the guy that sets the market too high or too low, but they yeah, want to wait for the market to be established before they go out to the yeah, table. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, games of chicken going on with, yeah. with NHL GMs and, uh, yeah, in, it, it, yes, there's a risk of injury, but it also goes the other way. There could be an injury that happens to a team that they are not able to, you know, recover from internally, and they have to unexpectedly right. go out and get somebody. So that's where, you know, a guy like uh, Max Domi or Andreas Athanasiu could could step in and be like, hey, like, we know you just lost your, your second-line wing that you really were banking on being there. Here's 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 our guy. You know, what are you willing to put up uh, put up for him? Yep, there's a lot of factors that go in into the trading, and I know some people say, "Well, trade everybody now to to force Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane's hand to wave their thing." These That's, guys know what's happening. You don't need to trade Max Domi today to get Patrick Kane to say, "Yeah, I want out of here." Mm-hmm. That's not going to be. That's not going to be the final straw, right? 
Exactly. Yeah. Like, if, if, if trades wanted to get these guys out of here, they would have both said trade me right now on, on draft day when they got rid of DeBrinket and Kirby Doc in one first right. swoop. That's when they would have been, you know what? I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. Gunzo says Murphy is healthy right now and not trading him ASAP is foolish. You still got to have somebody on the other end of that phone. Yes. It's not mm-hmm. NHL 23 where you could just trade anybody Force you trade. Force time. a trade. Yeah. There's no force trade button. There's probably <laughs> teams that are like, hey, we want to make sure Murphy gets t- late in the season. We don't want to trade for a guy now that can get hurt in two weeks. Yeah, and also trading him for a fourth or fifth round pick right now. Why? Do you much. Then just hang on to him yeah. mm-hmm. and keep him for the next two years. And, yeah. and you got a veteran player. Kyle Davison has to, ha- he has to have a watermark for what he will take and not, not and take shouldn't for take players. less and shouldn't take less. Saw it's, last it's, year with Calvin DeHaan. Yeah, absolutely. It's not about, Oh, just get something for this guy. It's like, no, like there's especially a guy like Murphy when he's healthy He's a great guy in the locker room. He's he's a, a solid defender. He's a guy that you can rely on uh, most nights in, in 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 your top six, without question. And it's it's you need guys like that. He's also under contract for a few more seasons. Like trade deadline moves don't usually happen with guys who have two and three years right, still left on their draft deal. day moves. Exactly moves that happen in the summer. So. I know we keep bringing up, like, maybe Murphy, maybe McCabe. That is, like, down the list of, like, yeah. guys that, that could be on the move. But it's it's something that is an option out there. Because there are teams that need that need help for defensemen. And uh, there guys like Jake McCabe and Connor Murphy can help contending teams that need, uh, need depth at, at defense. But, again... It, come, it all comes back to there has to be someone out there that wants Connor Murphy and Connor for the Blackhawks to get, you know, trade him. Connor Murphy and Jake McCabe are Luke Richardson players. Those yeah, are the exact, definitely. They play the way yep. he played. Those are the guys he wants in the room. So he might be like, hey, you know, the guy that I would see going first as far as defensively is, is Jack Johnson. Yeah. Because he's only on a one-year deal. He's on an expiring contract. He proved that, you know, hey, play him 13 minutes a night on your third pairing. Good things can happen. Um, you know, Jack yeah. Johnson has not been the the dumpster fire everybody thought he was going to be when he's been no. here. Analytically, he's like the worst player in hockey. Sure. Well, but he, part yeah, of it is being still, on the worst pair on the worst team in the league. He's still Jack Johnson. <laughs> he was still was playing 20 minutes a night, yeah. you know. Like, yeah, he, he was playing well above what he should have been. Right. But, Bl- yeah, when Blue you lines have, be damned, he's been a lot better than we all expected. We all joked when that contract was signed, but he's been yeah. pretty darn good, all things considered. For this team. Right. Yeah. 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 Luke Actually, Luke talked about it today. Well, may, I don't have it ready to go, but uh, talking about how Connor Murphy is learning from Jack. I think it was Ben Pope's question. Ben Pope is probably working on a story about this, but a little bit of a head fake that Jake that Jack Johnson does to fool forwards about where he's going to move the puck mm. that Murphy's learning it from him. Feel like all these defensemen are like, Oh wow. What is that thing you do? This little subtle thing that helps them make plays that now they've all sort of jumped in on and said, Oh cool. This is mm. like we were talking about earlier, like the little tips a veteran can give. Right. Uh, and even someone like Connor Murphy who has been in a league a long time is learning from Jack Johnson. So, right. uh, you know, yeah. Is he, <laughs> is he a stud defenseman? no, but again, he's one of those guys. If a team's got an injury or wants some depth or some insurance, he's a low cost. It's going to cost hardly anything to get him from the Hawks. Uh, 
that is if you're talking about defensemen, that's probably the like you said the first guy to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a he's an ideal sixth seventh defenseman for a, a team with Stanley Cup aspirations. And you need them. Yep, you absolutely yeah. do. All right, before we wrap up, want to remind everybody that the NFL playoffs action continues this weekend. We are one step closer to Super Bowl Fifty Seven, and for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet five dollars and get 200 in free bets instantly. That's right. Deposit 5 bucks and 200 more will be added to your account instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. So you like um, you know, Christian McCaffrey over 100 yards all-purpose. And uh, maybe a Debo Samuel touchdown. Cool. Parlay that. And the more you add, the higher those odds get. So it's outstanding. Uh, The same game parlays are so fun. That's the way we all love to play every night. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 and free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum agent eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. We've got uh, some brand new lighting here in the in the CHGO studios. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you're noticing that at home. If you're realizing, wow, the set looks so much brighter. Well, there's a reason for that, and it's, it's so bright. I might have to start bringing my shady rays into the office. We can start projecting so, highlights on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think I'm going to bring the shady rays in uh, soon here because these are these are bright. It's going to take a little time to get adjustment, but if you are sitting in a brightly lit studio or outside when the sun comes back out sometime around April, you will want some Shady Rays because Shady Rays never understood why sunglasses were so expensive. So they went out and they changed it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this winter because our friends at Shady Rays have you and your precious eyeballs covered. Shady Rays are premium Polaroid shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles created to everyone and every single lifestyle. Best part about Shady Rays is they have that crazy, insane protection program we've been telling you about. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Did you drop them in one of our frozen lakes or off one of the many cliffs found here in Chicago? Well, they'll take care of it. They'll replace them for free. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality. I can tell you for being a customer of theirs for the last couple of years, they are just as good. I'm going to say even better than any expensive pair on the market. Plus, Shady Rays does something awesome. Besides making you look cool, they do something cool for others. They provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. That's awesome. They stand behind their product, and they told our team that if anyone has a problem, they will take the profit, wrap it up in a giant ball, open that huge test window (laughs) out at the Shady Rays factory, and throw it right out the window. You either love the shades or Shady Rays, We'll pay to ship them back. That's it. End of story. And for our great CHGO listeners, Shady Rays has given you an unbelievable deal. Use the promo code CHGO at checkout, and you will receive 50% off all orders that have at least two pairs of sunglasses in them. That's buy one, get one free, kids. You can get two pairs of awesome sunglasses for as low as 54 bucks. You won't regret it. Head over to ShadyRays.com and check out all their new and best shades. All right, fellas, before we wrap up, any closing thoughts that we want to throw in? 
Uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to tomorrow night's game. Should it's be fun. It's going to be a road game against two teams that are at the bottom third of the division, and I don't know if it's – it's probably not. But I don't know if there's extra oomph for the Blackhawks uh, for tomorrow night's game, but I I would – we're suspending the, the tank expectations for tomorrow night. I really hope the Blackhawks win. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Absolutely. Take on take out Captain Pudwack and his team of and his crew of Pudwackians. Yeah. <laughs> They're yes. not all Pudwacks in Philly, but no. But there's a couple. All right. Uh we're gonna wrap things up. Reminder, February tenth is our United Center takeover. Uh, that announcement is coming this week. The opportunity to buy tickets is coming very, very soon. So stay tuned. Uh maybe we'll have news on that as soon as tomorrow night. So join us after the game and we'll let you know. Big week for us here at CHGO, and the uh, takeover is just part of it. So make sure you're sticking around, and make sure you become a diehard at allchgo.com. Discounts on everything, including the takeovers and a free shirt or hat at sign up. So that's a great, great deal that literally pays for itself. After you uh, get a free shirt and get get hit an event or two, you're good to go. So join us after uh, tomorrow night's game, Hawks and Flyers. Thanks to Lawrence for running the show today. We'll talk to you tomorrow night on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.